Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Thank you. Good morning. Before I get started, um, and the Lord was talking to me while I was sitting there on the pew. Uh, someone is here this morning. I don't want you to recognize yourself or Stan or anything, but um, you have been feeling that life was not worth living because of some of the difficulties of life that you've gone through. They have been very frustrating, disappointing. And um, so you come into service today, and the Lord just wanted you to know that he loves you and that he has an out for you, and he has restoration for your life. And uh, I pray in Jesus' name right now, whoever you are, that you would turn to the Lord, give your struggles to the Lord, and God will sustain you, okay? Now, there's someone else here. I don't usually do this in a service. <laughs> You've been wrestling with what is considered a real bondage in your life. You just haven't been able to shake it. And it's been pulling you down for a long while. And uh, you're wondering if you're ever going to get free of this bondage that you're find yourself under. Well, I want to remind you that the Lord is saying to you this morning that when the Lord sets you free, you'll be free, and he will destroy the yoke that's in your life, and you'll know what it is to get up in the morning without this struggle and this bondage going on in your life, okay? In Jesus' name, I trust that you to receive that today. Do not live under that bondage. One other thing the Lord spoke to me while I was sitting there. Some people call this the word of knowledge. I'll just let you decide what to call it. But I will tell you that you have gone through a fence in your life. And uh, this thing has just almost done you in. And you cannot get it out of your heart. I don't know what's happened in your life, but it's been a very dark time in your life. And the Lord is saying to you, I can help you today. If you'll come to me and humble yourself to me, and I will help you turn this thing loose, and you will not have this struggle in your life anymore. Amen? May God bless you real good for obeying the Lord. All right, let's start over again. Good morning. It's always an honor to be here in the river. Uh, you're a great church. You're my kind of people. Uh, you're down to earth. You're loving people. You're like a family. And you have a great pastor. And together you serve a great God. Amen? Uh, how's this mic coming through? Is it too high, too low? It's okay? Okay. And... Uh, I don't know. It's been a while since I've uh, seen some of you, it seems, and uh, I'm glad you're here this morning and we're able to be together. 
This is the weekend of what we call God in Country Week. It's a time that we honor God and we honor our country. Aren't you glad you're living in a Christian nation? What a blessing. Amen. Would you open your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Rightness of people serving the Lord exalts a nation, but the sins of the people always brings a nation down. That's why you and I consider ourselves blessed by living in America. I'm glad to be a Christian, and I'm glad to be an American. Amen? You and I, in just a couple of days, we will be celebrating the 4th of July. Because it's a day that marks the birth of our great nation. A nation that was founded by our forefathers to be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Did you know that our nation, that's the reason it's been blessed down through the years. Because it was built upon the principles of God's word that were taken right straight from the scripture. For 241 years, the other nations of the world has been looking upon our nation and pointing toward us and saying, that's the land of the free, the home of the brave. Why? Because no matter what we've gone through as a nation, they have seen that God has been with us and that God has helped us. Even on our coins that we carry in our pocket and in our purses, we find the inscription written in God we trust. Our nation has always been a nation that has trusted in God. But now as we look around, we begin to realize if we are going to continue in the blessings of God upon our great nation, then we must return to the foundering principles that our nation was built off of. That is so important. And turn away from the philosophy of liberalism today that seemingly is eating away at the foundation that you and I have built upon. We must return to God. We must be that one nation under God again. Amen? That's why Jesus tells us, and um, not Jesus, but the Lord tells us, in Second Chronicles 7 and 14, I think it is, he said, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their land. There is a loving God That's always loved America because people have loved him. 
And he's waiting for you and I to return as a nation. Now, I know I'm talking to the choir this morning. But as a nation, to return to him so that he can restore his full blessings upon our nation today. Think about it. 241 years ago, there were 56 men from the 13 colonies of America who met together and signed the Declaration of Independence. You might be interested to know that they were middle-aged people. If you took all of their ages, all 56 of them, put them together, divided them by 56, it would average out 43 years and 10 months, average, middle-aged people. The youngest one was 27. The oldest one was 75, Benjamin Franklin. But that day when they signed the Declaration of Independence, they were giving you and I a lesson about how to build a great nation. This nation was built in its inception by the young and the old working together. There were no generational gaps. Everybody had a togetherness. It was together they built a great nation. Together they built a great economy. Together they built a great civilization. Together they built great families. Together they built great churches. Why? Because it gives them strength and stability. They realized that a nation divided could not stand. The only nation that stands anywhere very long is a nation that is together. I mean, in one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed in the New Testament, he said, Father, that they may be one even as we are one, talking about the church. There's stability and strength in one. Again, in the New Testament, he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Have you ever seen such division as what you have seen in the last few years that has become so evident? As long as I've lived, I've never seen it so clear as I see it today. Jesus said the flip side of that, house divided cannot stand, is that a house that is together will stand no matter what they go through. What is the common denominator that can bring us together and make us this strong nation? It's the same common denominator that brought our forefathers to this nation, and that was the Lord, building upon His promises and following what God has declared for his people. That's what makes a nation strong. That's what will make our nation strong again. Would you say amen? President Lincoln, you remember when he gave that Gettysburg Address. You might be interested to know that that address was no more than two minutes. And he didn't quote it. He read every minute of it. And little do people know that When he gave that speech, later he come down under smallpox. He was a sick man. 
but it turned out to be one of the greatest speeches ever given in our land. He started out by saying four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought to this continent a new nation, so conceived and dedicated to the proportion that all men are created equal. I mean, God created all of us equal. Then he goes on down to about the third paragraph in the Gettysburg Address, and he says, and the government of the people will be for the people, by the people, will be to the people, for the people, by the people. That's our government. And it shall not perish from off the face of the earth. It was to always be that way. That's why it was set up with our originating fathers, that it always be a government of the people. That tells you and I that the Supreme Court of our land that we hear so much about today was not established to impose their own personal and moral interpretation of the laws of our land. But the Supreme Court of our land was established to follow and give protection by obeying the laws of our land to bless the people. That's why they are there. Now, why is that? Because the laws of our land were all established off of God's law. That's where our laws came from, by our founding fathers. It was established by them. Because they are the only laws that are true and just in the whole world. Man's law cannot be just. We are emotionally involved in these. We have too many different opinions. But God is just. He is perfect. And therefore, God's law is never to be infringed upon by a Supreme Court or anyone else. Amen. That's the reason... We need to look at the word and realize that the Lord says, my word is forever settled in heaven. That word settle means there's no debate. In the book of Revelation, he said, don't add to my book and don't take away from my book. You take away from my book, your name will be taken out of the Lamb's book of life. If you add to it, the plagues will be added to you. You cannot improve upon my book. It's perfect. When God says something, it is perfect for his people. You'll never find anywhere, any law that is more for you than the laws of Almighty God. And they are not to be tampered with or changed. What you say? Praise the Lord. Take a look at some of the decisions the Supreme Court has made. And you begin to pick up on the sense that the knowledge and the wisdom of man is totally different than the knowledge and the wisdom of God. 1947, they made a decision of separation of church and state. 1962, they banned prayer from public schools. 1963, they rule out Bible reading for religious purposes. 
1973, Roe versus Wade. They pass a law on abortion. When God said, thou shalt not kill, man's law said, it's all right. And since that time, millions upon millions of innocent babies have been killed in our own nation. There is a difference. When the Lord plainly says, Jesus speaks it clearly in the New Testament, that man shall live, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Dear friends, there's only one way for our nation to live, and that's to live according to the words that have come out of God's mouth that are the only words that we can stand upon and do what is true and what is just. Difference in man's thinking and God's thinking. When I read in the Bible, God calls all drunkenness sin. Our government calls it a social disease. God calls all immorality, regardless what kind it is. God calls it a sin, and the government calls it an alternate lifestyle. But you and I need to think, what is best for us as human beings in God's nation? What man says or what God says? Which of these laws are going to help us get all the way through this life into the life to come? The laws of man are the laws of God. How long are we going to put up with this era as Christian people, as people who believe in God and believe in His Word, know in our hearts that it's right? It's time that you and I stood up and we made a difference. By standing up for what is right, you see, in order to do this, we have to stop fighting for our individual rights. Everybody has individual rights. That's my right. Stop fighting for individual rights and start fighting for what is right in the sight of God because that alone will cover everything. When we do what is right in the sight of God, it will be what is right for every person that is on the face of the earth. Because God's wisdom is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows exactly how everything should be. We must always remember that in God's sight, right is right if nobody does it. And wrong is wrong if everybody does it. Let me tell you, God's law, the heart of God, I mean, he gave his only begotten son for us. That's how much he loved us. He's interested in us, no matter what our background is and our weaknesses and our strength. God is interested in us. What he tells us is not a detriment to us as human beings. It is beneficial to us. It is what we need in our lives. We are so blinded 
by what's going on today, we are missing the truth and allowing ourselves many times to be deceived. Don't misunderstand me. I believe that our nation is still a great nation. I believe that our nation is still being blessed of God. I truly believe that. But I also see that our nation, if we're going to continue under God's blessing and His goodness, and what is best for us, we must return to God. Return to the Lord. That's what He tells us in Malachi 3 and 7. The Lord said, Return unto me, and I will return unto you. Returning to the Lord is the key for our nation. Our forefathers foresaw uh, some of the things that would be happening in the future that could happen to our great nation. Uh, one of them was Martin Luther, that great preacher of the Reformation. Many of you have studied him. This is what he said, looking at our secular schools. He said, I'm afraid that secular schools will prove to be the gates of hell unless, unless, they diligently labor in the future to teach the principles of the Scripture. Just look at our universities today. They have become many of our secular universities today. I speak with what I know. They have become hotbeds of liberalism, humanism, socialism, modernism, and when the young people come out of there so many times, they have no idea what real truth is. They don't have real direction for their lives because they've missed what the Scripture says. One of the worst things that's ever happened is when they took the Ten Commandments out of our schools. Just simple principles. Thou shalt not. The late Peter Marshall, he was a minister and he prayed many many times before Congress the late Peter Marshall this is one of the prayers that he prayed Lord help those in public office to come to the understanding that the real source of their mandate is a mandate not given by a political party Republicans or Democrats but their mandate was given to them by God a mandate that represents his truth and his justice for the people of this nation. Our politicians, House of Representative Senators, they make up the Congress. Their job there, their mandate is to make sure that we receive truth and justice through our laws. That's why they are there. And there's enough of us that if we will be the kind of Christians that God wants us to be and stand up for what is right and vote in the voting booth for what is right, we can encourage them to change the wrong laws of our nation and to make sure that any law it's the right law guided by the principles upon which our nation 
was established. I pray for the leaders of our nation. I pray for our president. I pray for his cabinet. I pray for our senators. Pray for the House of Representatives. I pray for our nation just like you do because we need them to hear from God. We need them to open up their hearts to what God is saying for our nation today. In conclusion, let me say that there is no earthly government that has ever lasted forever. Look at your history books. They never have, they never will. No earthly kingdom, government, has ever lasted forever. However, a government can last to longevity, many years, if they will honor God and keep his word. That's the only way a nation will exist. All of the others will go under, and they have gone under. You know what that is telling us? That the only government, according to Scripture, that will last forever, eternal government, is the government of God. The Bible says to His government, there will be no end. That's why you and I can have the best of both worlds. We can honor God while we are in this government. And we can honor the principles of God and have longevity as a nation. And we can go into God's kingdom, God's government, and the world to come. The best of both worlds. But it takes honoring our God. That's why they call this God and Country Day. We honor God. And we honor our country by putting God's first and keeping the principles of His Word. Would you stand, please? We're going to sing God Bless America in just a moment. But I want to conclude this service by saying to you, I want us to unanimously lift our hands toward the Lord in thanksgiving in our hearts and gratitude for all of His blessings upon our lives in this nation. And say to the Lord, Lord, we're going to honor you in your word. And then I want you to pray the prayer like Daniel prayed in his time. You remember Daniel that prayed three times a day? Daniel that was thrown in the lion's den? Daniel that had interpretation of dreams, mysterious dreams? That same Daniel is found assuming the sins of his nation. He said, God, we have sinned. We have done wickedly before you. Cause your face once again to shine upon us. Bless this nation. And so would you do that? Would you lift your hand up? Be thankful to God. Thank Him for His goodness. And then say, God, we need your help with our nation. 
while they sing God Bless America. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and at 1030 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself.